July 9th, Acts chapter 27, verses 1 through 20. When the time came, we, Luke, Paul, and his companions, set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of an army officer named Julius, a captain of the Imperial Regiment, and Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was also with us. We left on a boat whose home port was Adramatium. It was scheduled to make several stops at ports along the coast of the province of Asia. The next day, when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with friends so they could provide for his needs. Putting out to sea from there, we encountered headwinds that made it difficult to keep the ship on course. So we sailed north of Cyprus between the island and the mainland. We passed along the coast of the provinces of Cilicia and Pamphylia, landing at Myra in the province of Lycia. There the officer found an Egyptian ship from Alexandria that was bound for Italy, and he put us on board. We had several days of rough sailing, and after great difficulty we finally neared Sinaitis, but the wind was against us, so we sailed down to the leeward side of Crete, past the Cape of Salmone. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty, and finally arrived at Fair Havens, near the city of Lasia. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for long voyages by then because it was so late in the fall, and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Sirs, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on, shipwreck, loss of cargo, injuries, and danger to our lives. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul, and since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it, so they pulled up anchor and sailed along close to shore. But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength, a northeaster, they called it, caught the ship and blew it out to sea. They couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed behind a small island named Cauda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat that was being towed behind us. Then we banded the ship with ropes to strengthen the hull. The sailors were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Sirtis, off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor and were thus driven before the wind. The next day, as gale-force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even threw out the ship's equipment and anything else they could lay their hands on. The terrible storm raged unabated for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars, until at last all hope was gone. And I just want to respectfully say, um, I meet very few elderly people whose lives make sense to me, biblically. Because I'm 44 years old, and every year I think to myself, I was thinking about it today, I just, I, I think about how I am closer and closer to the end of it all. 
I have so many friends who have passed away that are younger than me. And I go, man, any moment I'm going to see you, God. And I check my life. I go, is there anything I haven't surrendered? Anything I, I don't want to be holding on to this stuff. It's like that game, Hot Potato. You know, remember we used to play that? We just don't want it. You know, you want to just pass it. Because when the music ended or whatever, you didn't want it in your hands. I almost feel like that way with my possessions and my stuff. Like, I want to give it. I want to give it. I want to care for the poor. I don't want to, at the end, have all this stuff hoarded, saved, doing nothing. And so I'm constantly looking at my life saying, God, I want to be ready to face you. And so I want to risk it all. I want to risk it all. Because, man, I'm 44. I don't know how much longer I have. And every year goes faster, doesn't it? Like if, if you're 10 years old, it's like you're moving 10 miles an hour to get through the year. So then once you're 30, it's like you're moving 30 miles an hour. I'm like, oh, that's pretty comfortable. And then after a while, it's like, dang, that year, is it already 2012? You know, I'm going 44 miles an hour. Respectfully, I don't meet a lot of elderly that are really living like they're about to see Jesus and, and saying goodbye to the things of this world and letting go of that stuff. Honestly, I mean, how can you not be thinking about that and risking more than ever? Some of you are still buying stuff, like you're going to enjoy it and saving some of the stuff. And I just think, man, my life has been about letting go, letting go, letting go, because I'm going, man, I'm getting closer and closer to the end, and I want to live by more and more faith every year. And I just think we've been living so backwards in the States, where we do everything crazy when we're 18, and we go, oh, yeah, I was crazy back then. You know, I'd go on mission trips, and I would, you know, and we would talk about, oh, those good old days. Days. And I'm just saying, man, doesn't it make more sense that the older we get, the more we realize, okay, this, this world has nothing left for me. The church is in dire need of elderly people that are living radically for their faith. And some of these young people are dying to come under the tutelage of elderly people that seriously cannot wait to see Jesus and are living that way.